This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. On July 5th, 2023, New York Local Law 144 takes effect. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you are using HR tech tools to hire or promote or make some sort of hiring decision, then you could pay as much as $1,500 a day per tool if your tool, if the tool you're using is not compliant with that law. <laughs> and as interesting as that is, I think it's only a harbinger of things to come, and I'm not the only one. My guest (laughs) uh, has a lot to say about it as well. Find out who that guest is and whether or not you should be concerned about uh, New York City local law, even if you're not in New York City. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. The Recruiting Life is a newsletter that gives a whimsical view of the world of work. It aspires to educate and entertain with articles, comics, videos, podcasts, contests, and more. It is produced on a weekly basis by yours truly, Jim Stroud, and is supported by readers like you. Topics in this newsletter include the future of work, current labor trends, sourcing passive candidates, and more. Subscribe now and receive it every Monday in your email by going to jimstroud.com slash subscribe. That's jimstroud.com slash subscribe. Link in the podcast description. Don't wait. Subscribe now. Operators are standing by. Hello and welcome to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Special guest, tell us who are you and what do you do? Hey, Jim, thanks for having me. So I'm Zach, uh, Zach Long of Conductor AI, and my firm specializes in AI and AI compliance. AI compliance, that is a hot topic these days. I'm thinking specifically of the uh, New York local law, 144, getting a lot of buzz in New York City. Yes, sir. Tell, uh, tell my listeners about that. Sure. So I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar. If you're not, New York City local law, 144 is America's first punitive AI law. And what I mean by that, it is the first law that comes into effect that has punishments for noncompliance. This law, it goes live on July 5th in New York City and any employer that is using, well, the law as I sort of referred to is like the AI bias law, but it's actually the scope is a little broader than that. Hmm. Anyone that's using software to automate the hiring process or the promotion process needs to get an annual bias audit on that software, else they face fines and potential litigation. Now, the the fines that I've heard um, go as much as $1,500 a day per software. Uh, is that yeah, true? That's, that's correct. So yeah, it's up to $1,500 a day. My 
this is now speculative. So yes, yes, that's correct. Mm. My speculation is it's not actually quite likely to be enforced. That well, this is totally speculative, just coming from me. But I suspect that the real impact is going to be on the litigation side, mm. where you can now prove uh, like non-compliant hiring processes much more easily. Rather than having to go through like a discriminatory hiring lawsuit, you can just effectively assert my client was hired under an eight or was rejected under an ADT. It didn't have a bias audit. And my bet is that's how we'll actually see enforcement. Wow. Do you think companies um, are hearing about this law and they're sweating and they're just bombarding you with phone calls saying, oh, my gosh, I've heard about this law and ADT and um, I- I'm just nervous. Come and save me. You get a so lot this phone was- calls? <laughs> So uh, this, the past two weeks have definitely been Conductor AI's busiest. Um, but that said, I think is definitely catching a little people a little by surprise. Like mm-hmm. we're definitely getting inbounds from, and this is my just my color. The people that are really acting on this legislation are not the big companies that it was sort of the law seemed to be designed at. It's not like the Walmarts or Nike, Goldman Sachs. It's recruiting software companies, interestingly enough. Hmm. Um, and that sort of comes out of how the law was was written as to why they're sort of the, the most acutely attuned to it. Okay. So they're the, the so the software companies are the ones really concerned or reaching out to you because they see it as a threat to their business if people, their customers yeah. have to pay all these fines all of a sudden. I think the fines are a little theoretical until they start to happen and lawsuits are theoretical until people start to see them in the news or until it happens to you. Sure. Um, but for these recruiting software companies, they're being asked by their clients who are thinking about buying their services. Hey, have you done an AI bias audit? Hey, are you compliant with this law? And that's when the sales guy has to say no or escalate to the internal leadership or the lawyer. They're the first people to sort of be like, I need to act and jump on this. Do you think once people start getting fined that companies will say, you know what, we're going to just stop all technology and do it all by hand? <laughs> do you think that will happen? I don't know. What do you think, Jim? I, I feel I like doubt that. It. Yeah. I, I sort of think the cynical side of me is thinking that, okay, you're going to find me for this software. Then I'm going to sue the software companies because they, uh, I bought a product for, from them. They should have known better. So now I'm going to sue the software companies to get my money back. Uh, I think I, that might happen. That's, I mean, that's possible. It definitely like the, the people that are acting first are definitely the software companies. And again, we're definitely in the area of, of speculation here, sure, but like sure. the, I don't think the software, like, the software can is just a tool. It can be misused. It can be used appropriately. I'm not. A lot of the software companies that I've seen are like we have like we tell people to do X, Y, and Z with it. But then it is it's software. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't have to. So I I feel like this if I'm the software company in that theoretical, I'd have a pretty good defense, which is like, look, I have ten other customers. You're the only one doing it the wrong way. You know, this isn't. Onus isn't on me, it's on you. Yeah, but I can see that too. And I can also see um, a, a software HR tech company saying, hey, our 
product is, <clears throat> excuse me, our product is AEDT compliant. And um, if I were an HR tech company and I had a product and I, I see this big behemoth of the law coming today, and, and I know it'll be other laws tomorrow, I'm going to do what I can to become AEDT compliant. And then I'm going to buy a bunch of Facebook ads, Google ads, and say, hey, our HR tech tool is, is compliant. Is your HR tech tool compliant? Knowing that pretty much <laughs> yeah. all the others are not. So then start a stampede down to, to me to buy my HR pro tech product because it's AEDT compliant and then make a killing before everybody else catches up. You that's totally, what I, that's I, how I would be thinking. I think that's a completely reasonable <laughs> take. I think you see people starting to do that a little bit. The, the law is so... And this is, you know, again, my color, obviously. The law is strange. Yeah. Like the law is written in a, a have you, have you like dug into it by any chance? I'm just curious if you've actually like. Not, not in depth. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've not in depth. The law is like, the law has like a noble goal. The goal is to prevent AI systems from being discriminatory and biased. And that's like, I think that's, I think pretty much everyone would agree. That's a good goal. That's something sure. that we should we should want to do the way the law is implemented is almost bizarre it, 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 it so specifically if you're a software company and you do uh and you rank candidates like if you if you have a software company and you rank candidates like one to ten and the software is actually highly discriminatory there isn't actually anything that stops you from using that as long as you're using another feature to make a decision. So mm -hmm. sort of weird. It's like the, the, the thing that you would expect this law to target, which is like candidate, how are our candidate ranking systems, discriminatory, prejudiced, sexist, et cetera. That actually isn't what the law mandates you cover. Uh, what it mandates you cover is really not on the AI side as much on the automated side. So it's like, if something is automatically rejecting a candidate, that is the thing that needs to be audited. If you just do rankings, but you don't actually make the end decision, it isn't covered under this law, which I find a little unintuitive. Hmm. I think the saying is uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that how it goes. It, this this whole situation reminds me of uh, my Ransat source right days when I was, when I was um, working there. Um, there was a new law that was creeping up that everybody was nervous about, GDPR. Everybody knows about it now. But uh, back then, it was sort of the, the whispered uh, boogeyman. Like, uh, new, yeah. new compliance law. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants to deal with it. But we have to. And uh, European um, uh, countries jumped on it first got it under control, so to speak, got the, the methodologies together, and then eventually came over to the United States. Uh, and I think it will probably happen again because of the AI Act. I think we were talking about it yep. earlier. Yep, that's the one. Tell, tell the people about the AI Act. Yeah, so the America's law in New York City 144 is, it is America's first law, and there's definitely a lot of consternation in, in the HR and the recruiting community around it. It is a vastly smaller and simpler uh simpler thing than the um eu ai act so the mm -hmm. eu ai act is a 167 page piece of legislation coming out of brussels that is governing not 
it also governs HR and recruiting software, but it also governs industrial applications, uh, computer vision technology, police surveillance. It basically, it categorizes AI by how risky an application is. And then it poses many, many much stricter compliance requirements about what you can and cannot do with it and how you can prove it to a European official effectively. Yeah, it's it wasn't well received by the business community. I think there's no. an uh, I, I think I saw a, a tweet or read about it on Verge. I'm not sure where I saw it from, but there was an open letter from different uh, tech company CEOs saying this is bad. You're going to handcuff our progress. You're going to stop innovation. Stop this. Stop this now. Uh, I'm empathetic to the business leaders. Like I, I don't see, I, yeah. I mean, I definitely come from a tech background, so that should, but like, I definitely legislating is tough and we should have empathy for, the, and their outcomes are generally, I, I do believe that they have very good intentions, but my firm has started to dig into this act and we're seeing very similar things. Like we saw in NYC 144, where there was like a good idea a good intent. And then you get into the nitty gritty of it and you start being like, wait, I have to build an ISO 9000 QMS system. The hell is that? I've never <laughs> heard of those words before. Like, that's mm -hmm. not a thing that I have. It's like, well, you're might need it. Um, and that's, uh, that's how these laws work. And that's how it's, it's weird. It's almost like you had to pick your poison. So like with the, uh, AI, with the AI act out of Europe, you said it was like 167 pages. And yeah. by contrast, uh, the uh, New York local law, one for the four, I think it's like 25 pages. I think <laughs> so it's even shorter. Like, it's like 11. Yeah, yeah. It gives you a sense of how how difficult. Yeah. Like, so you can have like, like a vague law <laughs> that you have to sort of figure out, or you can have uh, another law that's so complex that you can't figure out. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. Um, Jim, what do you think? Like, I, I, I certainly, I know that my, you know, I definitely have my own opinions here, but do you feel like government should be racing to regulate AI uh, right now? Like, do you think that's a a moral I, good, if you will? I think that no matter what happens over here, it's going to take a while. I mean, I, I remember when social networks were just uh, gaining in popularity. I think when Facebook was just gaining in popularity, uh, I think around 2008, uh, is when I think Facebook really start Facebook start picking up steam, and then they didn't really have any laws or regulation around social media till uh, 2016, 2012. I mean, it was it was like some many many years later. So over here, when it comes over here in America, when it comes to regulating tech, we move really slowly, uh, and I think the really slow is sometimes a good thing because a lot of the legislators um, on the Hill don't understand the technology. They don't understand how fast it can change. And by the time they get around to figuring out that it's actually needed, it's changed probably three times over. So I think that a lot of the legislators here, they'll come up with some laws which will become irrelevant by the time they're actually implemented or not irrelevant, not as effective as they think it would be. And, that'll, and that yeah. extra legality for lack of a better word out there will make it easier for loopholes that can further dam that can damage the industry overall unintentionally if, if that makes sense i feel like a ramble it no it no no it totally does i don't understand how i i don't it seems so hard i i have it seems so hard to with the technology that's in 
incredibly quickly developing with applications that are almost impossible to predict. Like, I don't think I would have, I am personally quite, I mean, it's interesting to see that recruiting and HR are actually one of the most, that, it, that both sides of the pond are yeah. regulating that, especially. I don't think we have a clue how AI is going to be used in our lives in, in three to five years. And for regulators to be saying, this is what you have to do in sort of a blanket way seems bad. I, I guess seems like seems too early yeah. to me, but also, I mean, it is telling that you're seeing Silicon Valley asking for regulation. Um, so yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not coming at this with like a do I, I don't have like a strong do or don't opinion. I know that if you ask my mom, she's, ter- she's terrified of AI. She thinks that she saw the Terminator, gonna... right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she thinks that it's going to be the end of the world. <laughs> I am a much more sanguine view about it, but like, I don't know. I, I get it. I understand that opinion. And I think it should be many. I, I can imagine some, some, uh, Senator aide or some congressman aide somewhere in a back room trying to figure this out and asking Chad GPT to write, write me a law, a policy. I can see someone, I can easily imagine somebody doing that because they yeah, just don't um, know. I mean, the thing that I find like the most farcical coming out of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. is, and you know, I, I am, I worked at a company called Palantir for eight years. I very oh, much yeah. am that no cool, doubt. but it's like the, there's all this talk about like, oh, it's not going to like cause any job loss. It's like nonsense. It absolutely is. Yeah. This is a massive job displacement. This is going to be societally disruptive. It's very hard for me to see the other side that that won't happen. And generally, if you have a situation where maybe 15, 10 to 15 million people lose their jobs in the next 10 years, you are going to see unrest and you probably do need to have some form of regulation. So I, I get it. I just don't, I don't know how you turn that high level problem into specific legislation without the legislation being almost silly. The cynical side of me says, since this is a presidential election year around the corner, uh, as people start becoming displaced in some areas or or, or just have the, the concerns and fears about it, it it's going to become a political issue, I think. And I, I think mean, that's going to push a lot of a lot of things going forward. So like, who do you think wants it? I don't even I can't even tell who wants to regulate more the left or the right. I, I it, it seems to be like a weird we haven't yet carved out. I'm sure we will. but We haven't yet carved out <laughs> political lines on it. Yeah, we will eventually. But, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think it's so new and so many, so concerning and questionable no one really knows schumer put out uh his own he seems to be like oh i put out draft legislation but his draft legislation as far as i understand it appears to be my legislation is we should have a follow-up series of meetings to come up with draft legislation and so i'm like that doesn't it's not actually Mm. you have an action for legislation you put forward a process to come up with legislation in a year and a half but yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's worse. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's a better solution. I don't know. When this um, podcast debuts, all things being wonderful, it will be on July fifth. Oh, so, the day. Oh. Yeah, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go forward in time. July fifth, AEDT is the law. You're in New York City, and um, you hear about this law, and you're thinking, "Oh, boo! This law is for real." And I use. Uh, I have like four or five different. Uh, tools in my tech stack that I use 
to process uh, uh, my candidates and I've signed contracts. I spent a lot of money. I really don't want to turn it off, uh, but I don't want to pay up to $1,500 a day either for each technology that I'm using. What, what's the, and I come to you, your phone's ringing, you know, the bat signal's up in the, up in the sky. You answer <laughs> the bat signal call. What do you tell somebody on the other line who's freaking out? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing that our, our intake process is normally like, first of all, it's not as bad as you think. These, these audits are not uh, um, terribly punitive. They don't take very long and getting compliant it, it is not that scary. I think there's this idea that these audits are, that there's like you pass or fail. It's not that. The analogous, mm. the thing that's most analogous here is like the New York City requirement to post salary pay transparency. There isn't mm. inherently a wrong answer. You just have to post effectively what is the breakout on my hiring decisions in this tool by race and by gender and display that information. And again, it isn't, that's it. It's not like there's the, a wrong number, but it is a transparency requirement and you have to do undergo that. So we would say, hey, first we're gonna figure out what tools you're using. Are they even AEDTs? Many of them aren't. Has the vendor already conducted an AEDT on their software? In some cases they can provide that to you to get you compliant. And if they haven't, and you need to do so, we would help these companies get compliant. And, you know, it takes, it really only takes like about one week from start to finish for each one of these. So. Okay. So they should be concerned, but not freaking out. It shouldn't be. Yeah. I, they're, they're not, there's a lot of stress about this that I've seen. And I, I think it's a little, it's not that hard to get compliant with this law. I think that most people are still choosing to ignore it at this point, that their prerogative, but getting compliant is not some horrible mm. task. Yeah, I guess the bottom line for me, if I were a HR tech software company, uh, get compliant fast, market it fast before everybody else does. Yeah. And if I were a company with a uh, tech stack of one or more, <laughs> find out if it's compliant yeah. because I don't want to uh, get a tap on my shoulder later saying you've been using this tool for a hundred days you haven't been a compliant for 100 days. What's 100 times $1,500? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you need to pay us. So I don't. I wouldn't want to do that. So I guess all that to say, don't put. Don't be like an ostrich. Stick your, your head in the sand and ignore it. Um, as long as you possibly can, jump on it sooner rather than later. Uh, ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure. If someone Definitely. wanted to contact you specifically to learn more about your company and how you can... Um, save them from <laughs> freaking out. Uh, how can they find you and contact you? Uh, thanks, Jim. So our company is Conductor AI. You can search us on Google. If you type in local law 144, we're buying all the Google ads on that, that phrase we can. So you'll probably <laughs> see a link to our website. Um, yeah. Additionally, I would email me at Zach at ConductorAI.co um, or you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm Zach Perry Long. Um, yeah, Zach at conductorai.co. We'd love to uh, love to meet. Cool beans, and I'll make it even easier too. I'll I'll put a link in the podcast description. Click that link, and that'll lead you over to uh, learn more information and uh, keep you uh, keep you from freaking out. <laughs> I'm like, I just imagine many people freaking out when July Fifth comes around yeah, and the news yeah. gets out. I think the freak out will come when someone actually gets fined. 
that's when it gives. I think it, yeah, that's I think when it gives be a real. lawsuit, a lawsuit and a yeah. fine. That's what's going to make people move. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, sir, for being on the Jim Stroud podcast. You are appreciated. Anytime, Jim. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you again real soon right here with a brand new episode of the Jim Stroud Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached by email at jimstroud at jimstroud.com. And one last favor, if I may ask, please rate this podcast. Uh, Five stars is preferred, (laughs) but uh, please uh, comment uh, with your honest opinion. I really appreciate that. All right. Okay, until next time, bye-bye. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.